locomotive You can't polish my chrome so clean We can't fly off into the sunset together A rusty old American dream Still running A rusty old American dream Ah, yes, indeed. We'll help you keep it running thanks to the help we get and you get from ASE certified technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive on beautiful Grand Avenue in St. Paul. If you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. Dan has helped us out here on CCO for many years, over well over 20 years. And if you uh, need to bring your vehicle, car, truck, van, into your favorite dealer or your favorite shop, uh, and you want to know what could be the, the cause, Dan will maybe give you a little diagnosis over the radio here, uh, which sometimes is not easy to do. For a pro like you, Dan, you make it sound easy, but... Uh, not even seeing the vehicle or being able to hook it up to some scan tool. Is, well, I always, I always have the uh, go-to answer, I don't know unless I can see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, which is true. So, yeah. Like a good doctor. So right. Thing. But if you do have an issue, uh, why don't you give us a call? You can either call us or send Dan a text, as we already are getting. Our phone number, our lines are cleared, so if you want to talk to Dan about your uh, vehicle problem, 651-989-9226. You can call now. Or send Dan a text, 81807, 81807. You know, I thought about this years ago. I remember when I was working, filling in for a guy by the name of Franklin Hobbs many years ago. Uh, we had an, uh, an overnight engineer who loved working overnights. He didn't like working during the day. He loved the overnights. And he, uh, he parked right out here. And I don't care if it's 20 below, whatever. He would start the car and just take off. He'd never wait. And I said, well, I think the wind chill, isn't that, you know, if it's 11 below like it is now, the wind chill has got to affect the car, the fluids, whatnot. It really does not. And he said, no, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. You would think it would because the car seems stiffer and everything, well, but that's the air temperature. It does, actually. It, 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 it's a funny thing. The, you know, the wind chill, if it's, if it's uh, you know, if the temperature is 11 below and the wind chill is 20 below, yeah. the temperature of the engine in the car will not get to 20 below. It'll only get to the 11 below. To whatever the air, temp air temperature is. is. What wind chill will do is get it there more quickly. I see. So in other words, if you set a, a hot engine, if you set a hot engine out in the cold and it takes really quite a long time for it to get cooled down to the actual air temperature, mm -hmm. you know, several hours. And but if the wind is blowing on it, uh, that'll happen much more quickly. We find it at at uh, Lloyd's, you know, that when a, a customer drops a tire off, for example, and mm -hmm. they want to uh, wait for it and and have us repair it. Well, of course, there's nothing I can do with it when it's all frozen and full of sure. snow. We need to warm it up. So what I do is put a fan on it, blow a fan on it, and it warms it up very quickly. Actually, in just a you know a few minutes, I can get it warm enough to where it's not freezing and I can break it down and, and do a repair on it. But, uh, yeah, so wind, that's the effect that wind happens. It's not that it'll bring it to that temperature, but it'll bring it there much more quickly. And when we hear weather people talking about wind chill, that's on exposed skin. Yeah, well, it's for it, human yeah. beings, too. No, and but it, but, but it, it can it, bring it down. It does. It, it, makes, it makes things get yeah. colder quicker. quicker. What's, what's, what's a normal, uh, if, a, if a vehicle is up to its operating temperature, um, what, what's a normal ballpark figure is how hot does an engine get? Well, they're over 200. It's over 200. Yeah, the, the, the coolant temperature. And, of course, in, in, uh, in the exhaust and in different parts of the engine, 
the temperature will be higher than that. But the but the coolant temperature should be up near 200 for you to get good heat out of your car and and all of that. And you know, you were asking me about Tony's car. Yeah. The uh, the fact that it's not the heat's not as warm as it used to be. Yeah. And it only takes a couple of degrees. I mean, if it's if it's uh, if if it's only ten, if the engine temperature is ten degrees cooler than it's supposed to be, that has a big effect on heat. Oh, interesting. So, all right. Well, if you again, if you have a car care question, now's your chance. The Dan will be here till about seven forty-five. So don't wait. Give us a call. Give us a text, and we'll uh, we'll help you out. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Let's uh, let's go uh, to the phones. Bob in Brooklyn Park is first up here. Bob, what is your question for Dan? Yeah, Dan, I've got a gasoline question. Last fall, I went to my local station here, and they had changed hands. They had changed all the pumps, and I went and got my usual octane, and it wouldn't work. None of the octanes would work. The yellow button is flashing. you got to push that, and you're getting, what do you call this, corn gas? That you <laughs> What's the name of that stuff? Ethanol. With ethanol, yeah. Ethanol. You push the ethanol, the buttons all work. So I filled my car and I filled my lawnmower can. can. I get home and I use the, uh, I asked the guys, what's the deal on this? He said, we only got one pump that's got regular gas. I don't know if that's the, how do you find that one? But uh, it put it in my lawnmower and the lawnmower would start. I'd put it into gear and it would die. This went on forever. So I took the gas out of the lawnmower and I dumped the can into the car and I've been getting another gas. What do you think about that? Well, uh, you know, modern lawnmowers, modern cars, uh, all machinery now is designed to run on the ethanol. Oh, they are. Okay. Back in the day <clears throat> on older cars and stuff, the the rubber gaskets and so forth were not uh, made to work with alcohol, and over time the alcohol would deteriorate them and, and cause a problem, but that's not true anymore. So if, I don't know how old your lawnmower is, but the gasoline should have have nothing to do with it. You have to really search out if you want gasoline that does not have ethanol oh, yeah. in it. You have to really look for it because uh, you know pretty much all gas in the state of Minnesota uh, is does have ethanol in it. And I, they must not require it because you can still get it around. But there's but, uh, one place in not far from my house where I for all the lawn gear, right? You know, uh, the tillers and all of that, I use premium without without ethanol. ethanol. Yeah. It's, but I've only seen one station that has that. I'm right. sure there are many others. But you're you're odd in that you're willing to search that out. Most yeah. people do not do that, no, and, and most people's lawnmowers and and snowblowers work just fine on the uh, gas with a percentage of ethanol in it. Odd is the operative word. <laughs> All right. Let's hang I, say, I say that with passion. I know you do. All right. Let's take a break. We have callers, uh, folks on the line. Stay there. We're just going to take a quick break and then uh, grab some text messages as well. It's 17 after 11 below zero. The wind chill, a minus 25 right here on CCO. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Danny Long here with Dan Burns, who is an ASC certified technician at Lloyd's. Automotive, which is located where, Dan? I told them I knew how to run the buttons, and now I don't run the buttons. Uh, uh, we are at 982 Grand Avenue, right between Lexington and Victoria. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-I-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. Or give us a call. I think Nick's there this morning, actually, or will oh, be, right. at 651 228 
1316. So if I don't get a question right, Nick will. Somebody will there. Somebody will, yeah. It's very good. All right, let's put you back to work, Dan. There's folks waiting in line and on the phone and text. Roger in Stillwater is next. Roger, you're on CCO with Dan. Morning, Dan. Good morning. Hey, I've got a 2011 Ford Ranger, 4x4 automatic, 91,000 miles on it. Uh, several months ago, going down the road, I could feel a real slight little jerk to it. And, uh, and it kind of started to get a little bit worse, so I figured it was time to tune it up, so I did the plugs and the wires and everything. It seemed to take care of it. A couple, three, four weeks later, started doing the same thing again. It's not showing any codes. doesn't do it very long, just a, just a split second. Uh, so I put a coil on it. That seemed to take care of it. Went a few more weeks, started doing it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I put a, uh, a crankshaft position sensor in it, and uh, that seemed to take care of it. Well, starting to do it again. It doesn't seem to do it under load, just as you're going along at, a, at an even speed. And uh, like I said, it doesn't show any codes. It doesn't do it under, under power. So I can't figure out what it is. Well, maybe you should get some help on it because what I would do if, uh, if you were at my shop would be I would uh, put my scan tool on it and see what's really happening. For example, uh, as you're just cruising along like that, I wonder if when the... Um, overdrive solenoid locks in and out if you're feeling that suddenly for for some reason uh, or something like that. But at any rate, when I've got my scan tool on it and I'm feeling it doing its thing, I can look and see what's happening at the same time and uh, then I come up with an answer. I don't think maybe the crank sensor was a little bit of a stretch, but the rest of the stuff that you did was probably good maintenance anyway, so I wouldn't I wouldn't write that off as a as a waste of money. But you know, as you start to get into other things that it could be, you probably should get some professional diagnos- diagnosis on it. And I hate to do that too. Like when I have to fix my furnace, I hate to pay someone to tell me what's wrong with it. <laughs> but every once in a while, you just have to. You and, do, yeah. yeah. You just have to. You have to get some help and. I think you're probably at that point now that that's what you should do. All right, Roger. But think, but just just yeah. think of that. Maybe it's not the engine that's actually misfiring. Maybe it is the transmission that's that's that you're feeling or something like that. One clue would be to watch your when it's doing it. Watch your tachometer if you have one, and uh, that might tell you something too. And Roger sounds like he's capable of doing a variety of things yeah. as a do-it-yourself. Right. So thanks, Roger. Very good. Good luck with that. David is calling from Brooklyn Center with a question. Good morning, David. Well, good morning, gentlemen. What can we do for you? I have a 2006 Ford F-150, and when I start the truck, my gauges, my um, temperature gauge, well, of course, that stays low, but my battery, my fuel gauge, and my oil gauge all stay at the bottom, like the truck is shut off. Then it takes about five to eight seconds, and then the gauges start to work. You have any idea what that could be? Well, it's probably in that in the gauge or in that instrument cluster itself. It, that's probably where the problem is. But most cars, when you when you turn the key on, or many cars, when you turn the key on, the gauges actually do a test sweep where they go from bottom to top and then settle back down on the bottom until you start the car, and that kind of wakes them up and get and gets them started. And uh, you know, maybe something in the in the programming of your instrument cluster has gone funny and. And uh, and they're doing that, but uh, and people worry about that. Boy, the instrument cluster is that a big deal? And usually not. Usually, actually, they come out of the car pretty pretty easily. And uh, there's actually a uh, 
a shop here in town that does repairs on those, and they're very, very good at it. They do, you know, lots and lots of them, so they know all the all the tricks about different cars and what's common with different cars. So, anyway, if uh, I probably wouldn't worry about it right now if it's just if it's just doing that, but as it gets worse, if it gets worse, uh, just know that 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 can be pulled out, sent out for repair, and it's not a major uh, expense. Good. Very good, David. Thank you. We're going to get some text messages your way, but Jay in Excelsior has been waiting. Jay, you're on CCO with Dan. Morning, guys. Thanks Morning. for taking my call. Sure. Um, I've got a 2002 Toyota Solera, and um, this year, as it started to get colder, uh, as I'd be driving along and I'd try and accelerate it, it starts stumbling. And it starts fine. It uh, cruises fine. But uh, cold seems to bother it to to start the stumbling. Got any ideas? Yeah, I I would start with what we used to call in the day a tune-up, <laughs> which would be new spark plugs and new new secondary ignition, uh, cleaning all of the throttle body and all that sort of stuff. Uh, good maintenance anyway uh, to do that stuff, and a pretty good chance that's going to take care of your problem. Um, but beyond that, as I said in a previous call beyond that you'll probably have to get some help because uh because it'll take some equipment to zero in on what else might be wrong but like i say i think if you just do a good old-fashioned tune-up uh pretty good chance that'll take care of your problem okay very good thank you jay uh dan we have a slug of uh text messages all right let's do this let's take a break and uh we get our listeners uh text questions answered as well Ferris guys, uh, CCO temperature reading right now, 11 below zero. We'll look at that forecast coming up. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our car care show here on CCO. Danny, along with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. We'll get you that phone number for Lloyd's coming up in just a moment. Dan, we have a bunch of text messages. Let's see if we can't do kind of a lightning round here. Uh, Texter says, always heard it a couple of ways. Always stick with one type of oil, organic versus synthetic. If you go to synthetic, don't go back. What's your advice? And are all new cars always synthetic? Uh, no, no, not all new cars ask for synthetic. Okay, but most oil anymore is at least partially synthetic. Okay, oil has changed. Technology has changed over the years, and uh, a, a full synthetic versus a conventional oil is not that big of a difference anymore. So, so you could even switch. If switching you back and to. forth is fine. All and right. you know, if your budget doesn't allow synthetic, this oil change, then use conventional, and, and any of that is just fine. But I'll always go back to my original answer. Make sure you do what the manufacturer yes. recommends. Because there are some cars that are very, very sensitive to that. And uh, for good reason, you want to use the synthetic oil that they require. Read the manual. Yep. Okay. Thanks for the info on my power steering fluid. Evidently, this was a previous text or help. I changed it, and it works great. Love your show. <laughs> Must, Whatever yeah. the question was, I must don't have remember. been a noisy power steering. When I, you know, if the if the power steering is noisy when it's cold, oftentimes flushing the fluid will take care of that. What I won't do for noisy power steering is replace the pump because oftentimes a new pump is as noisy as the old. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. What's your opinion, Texter says, on the uh, good brand of tires? The best brand of tires? No such thing. <laughs> there's, it, well, there's a lot of good ones. Yeah, well, there's lots of good ones, and it depends on what your needs are too. Uh, there's, there's depending upon the type of car that you have and, uh, but there is no, no one particular brand that works best for all cars. Okay. No such thing. Good point. 
Does auto starting your car put more stress on a battery than going out and starting it yourself? No. 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 Okay. Just, in fact, it's wired the same as if you are starting it yourself. Oh, okay. So that's just fine. Tester says car windows frosting up in, on the inside, spraying water and rubbing alcohol mixed to clear it. Why is that happening? Well, a couple of things. One is either your heater core has developed a slight leak and you're getting uh, moisture in there, uh, coolant moisture in there uh, is a possibility, or uh, the heater's just not working well enough. This, this time of year, when, when it's as cold as it is, if the heat's not warm enough, it won't defrost the windows the way that it's supposed to. Or there's too many people in the car, or ah, yes. the carpets have gotten all soggy over these a lot of humidity with a little there. bit of snow, and there's a lot of humidity in there. Yeah, so any of those are possibilities. How do you relearn or reset the computer after replacing the variable timing solenoid in a 2002 Chevy Trailblazer, 4.2 liter? Uh, usually, well, if it's, if, if it's, we do it with a scan tool, but uh, I think probably just driving it, will it will relearn itself pretty much all of that. Uh, you know, the fuel trims and all that sort of stuff, uh, usually just driving it. And sometimes it doesn't drive all that well after you replace a component. But uh, pretty much, for the most part, if you just drive it, that it will relearn and take care of itself. Uh, we're getting a lot of text messages about the gasoline. We talked about the non-oxygenated gas. Mm-hmm. And you could find it anywhere. A lot of folks, uh, a lot of boat owners use that. That's true. As yeah, well. Right. We find it, Texture says, all over the state and Wisconsin as well. Uh, all the gas stations sell non-oxy gas. Some call it premium, available at all the stations. I buy it as various stations. So evidently it's pretty yeah, readily available. I think it's available. That's true. How many miles should the timing belt be changed? My daughter bought a 2001 VW Cabriolet with 87,000 miles. As uh, What year was it? Uh, t- 2001, 2001. You should change it now if it's not been done. Uh, it's almost to the mileage, and but for sure it's past the time. Is it costly, that work? Uh, yeah, it's it's significant. Okay. Uh, I, I don't I have no idea how much, but it's uh, it, that's... That's one of the repairs that comes across that that uh, we have to schedule a significant amount of time for. I have a feeling that uh, you're going to say read the manual. Um, you mentioned that ethanol is okay in newer vehicles. Does my 1985 truck qualify as a new vehicle? Is it okay to use <laughs> ethanol in this truck? <laughs> you know, as I said before, you you pretty much have no choice. Yeah. Uh, True. In, in a lot of cases, so uh, I think it probably is just fine. We'll have to. I'll have to do the research, Denny, and find out what. What the law is, because like I say, most gasoline has ethanol in it now, and I should do the research and find out what the rule is on on why everybody puts it or includes it in gas nowadays. Yeah. Uh, but they do, and I think the state of Minnesota has something to do with that. I don't know if it's a mandate or uh, or what exactly it is, but but uh, but there's something about that. There was an article Texas says in Popular Mechanics. I read that. And I don't. I don't. I didn't see it. That said, it was bad. For your motor to warm it up when it's cold, something about the extra fuel in the cold weather quote mix uh, by the fuel injectors using too much gas and taking the oil off the sides of the cylinder walls seems wrong. No, well, your car's going to warm up, so you don't have a choice. You know what I mean? I mean whether <laughs> you're right. sitting in it or not, the car is going to warm up, uh, and. Uh, fuel injection nowadays, what he's describing is a too rich of a mis- mixture and the it gets too much gas and the gas washes down the cylinder walls. And 
back in the day of carburetors, that was a big issue, a big okay. deal. And that's why you had to change your oil so often because the oil would get diluted with gasoline and, and ruin the oil. With fuel injection now, that's not so much. Fuel injection does a pretty good job of keeping the fuel mixture right, uh, you know, through all operating temperatures. So, uh, you know, if you have an auto start, and I do, uh, use it, and I do, and uh, I, I think it's just fine. Uh, follow-up, but not a follow-up, but another text related. How long should you warm or let your car run on a cold morning before starting to drive? You know, I... I I've tested this because I've had this question before. To let your car run for a minute while you're sitting in it is a long time. It's kind of like a radio it, minute. It you seems know. like <laughs> <laughs> a radio minute's a long time. Yeah. And uh, and uh, so I think a, a minute or so is fine. The, the car certainly will be able to operate properly after a minute. Uh, beyond that, if you, you know, it, it makes it more comfortable. You start to get heat and stuff like yeah. that. If you let it run longer than that, I think mine shuts off after 10 minutes, uh, of running. So 10 minutes is too long and, uh, one minute is plenty. All right, good. Let's see. Uh, we've got another minute or so to go. Uh, do, 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 uh, 2017 Hyundai, where the temp gauge hardly moves after 20 minutes of driving. This only happens when the outside temp is in the single digits or below. The heat output is not good. Prior to driving the car, it was parked in a garage. Dealer says this is normal. What do you, you think? You know the answer to that question. Needs a thermostat. A thermostat. <laughs> simple as that. Yeah, I shouldn't say simple because... That's kind, of the, that's kind of the... Well, it's not a simple job, yeah. but that's a simple answer. That's, a, that's a, the, the perfect description of a car that needs a thermostat. All right, let's see. A loud noise when I first start the car, just noticed in this cold, doesn't repeat after the car is driven and started again. Yeah, I'd have to hear that you, noise. Yeah, that's a, that's a difficult one. But, you know, I tell people when your car does something funny when it's 20 below or 15 below and it only does it then, I would not get too concerned about it because it's, you know, that's that's those are hard conditions. And I think that uh, that if it's 20 below... Everybody, everything's everybody, and everything is going to creak a little bit, and and I think that's just normal. On uh, Tuesday of this past week, and I know we have to run. While driving my 2014 Ford Escape, set engine shutting down. I went from 55 to five miles an hour. I started again. I go to the gas station, filled it up. My tank was between empty and a quarter. When I stopped at my mechanic, and no codes, he said he can only think it was because I didn't have enough gas for this weather. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll go back to my previous answer. Weird stuff happens when it's this cold, and you need true. to give your car every That's advantage uh, that you can. But uh, you know, cars, computer systems, and stuff have they go into a limp-in mode under certain conditions where they'll there'll be a complete loss of power, and all you can pretty much do is idle it off the highway. And oftentimes, shutting the car off and turning it back on solves that solves problem. Solves that problem. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. If you still have more problems, how do we get in touch with you guys at Lloyd's? Give us a call, 651-228-1316. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net. Or best yet, come on over, 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Excellent. Dan, we'll see you a week from today. Sounds good. Good deal. Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. Stay tuned next. Jack Farrell's Wine Chat. Straight ahead, it's 11 below zero.